You're with Julian on the brown note, and I think my I just did my last album review of the year, and I think this is my last film review of the year for a new film review. Um, I think the next thing up, film-wise, will be my films best and worst films of the year, because uh, I do all this through the radio, so that will be probably next week I do that, and then it will just be best of lists, usually. Um, films albums and tracks so normally that's done at this stage but not the year's most understood film i hate it when people say you don't get a film like the amount of films like tenet like oh you just didn't get it i did it was crap um so that's exactly what i'm saying here bear in mind throughout this review there was a film that came out a couple of years ago called music about an autistic girl by the singer um, Sia, which didn't get very good reviews. Some of the worst reviews of any film in history. I gave that a six out of ten because it was so unusual and continually had me enthralled. <laughs> Not always in good ways, but kind of like this. So this has got trash. So um, David O. Russell has an incredible drop-off critically with this film. Um, so Three Kings back in the 90s uh, became ahead of the curve Gulf War film predated the second Gulf War focused on members of the American military stealing stuff uh, The Fighter I thought was a great film as well and then he really hit his stride with Silver Linings Playbook won loads of Oscars American Hustle still one of the strangest films not to have won an acting oscar four insanely good performances um i'm bewildered i didn't see accidental love or joy his last two films um but they haven't set the world on fire like those ones did so we're with amsterdam um which i think has bombed spectacularly yep um Part of that is I had no idea what it was about going in at all. And it's about very modern themes. It's about a group of very wealthy industrialists and so on in America just before World War II when there was a strong amount of support for Nazi Germany. So they used to have Nazi rallies in America before World War II. So there were people that were very much on Hitler's side and... This was a group that wanted to use a very esteemed general to become a figurehead to overthrow the government, uh, an unelected government that was aligned with Italy and Germany. I had no idea going in. They, maybe they thought those things were too heady, but it didn't come across in anything I saw. Um, what we get is mainly John David Washington, who is obviously... Denzel's son, um, Margot Robbie and Christian Bale. They form an alliance at the start of the film that permeates the whole film. The, the films this reminded me of is so bizarre, The Unbearable Lightness of Being, which I haven't seen since the 80s. But there's something about like the this trio, very unusual trio moving through the film as though they're all sort of symbiotically part of each other. Um, so the Christian Bale character 
and the um, John David Washington character are both in the First World War and get injured and Christian Bale loses half his face goes on to become a very celebrated doctor and somebody that um, supports veterans like his life's work is supporting veterans they're all in Amsterdam at the end of the First World War uh, they leave like they bail on the army and they all sort of come together and live in the same house and have these wonderful years together even if it's probably six months before Christian Bale goes back to America um, Christian Bale only joined the army because his rich family world and he was betrothed to marry uh, Andrea Riseborough he was going to marry some rich woman uh, due to his family and they said you've got to go off and fight in the first world war it's good for you even though he was a doctor at the time and he was like I could get killed and he nearly does uh, they send him off to war so he has this kind of strain, strained relationship with the upper echelons of class in America um, and the Margot Robbie character we later transpires is actually part of that higher echelon of upper class America um, so we kind of wind forward to a point 10 years after this whole Amsterdam episode where Christian Bale and John David Washington are to do an autopsy on behalf of a daughter who is played by Taylor Swift. I spent the whole time thinking, that's Taylor Swift, but she's not an actress. It's Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift looks bigger than the guys. She honestly looks bigger than the guys in this film. She must be a giant. Um, but yeah, Taylor Swift shows up. Um, so she's her dad is this esteemed general who's very much in with the working class and, and veterans and he dies once he's returned from an overseas trip from a heart attack and the people involved don't believe it they think he's been killed because he holds these pretty left-wing views um and that is un unfurling that is basically the rest of the film uh it's a true real life plot that happened in america and the people involved in the scenarios here are invented mainly not always um there is there's a speech from one of the main characters put alongside the speech the other guy gave in real life in 1939 verbatim so there are a lot of elements in it that hew to the truth and obviously others that are invented for the purpose of it being you know dramatically interesting so this film is like i was watching the first third of it and i thought yeah actually no the reviews aren't fair on this because this is so bad and so awkward and so weird it hasn't done it justice it's like it's almost like i i can't believe what i'm watching and then the strangest thing happened i sort of became in tune with it the more it went on the more i was in their world and enjoying its very odd manner he keeps doing these weird close-ups of people's faces that make their faces look unreal the entire speaking scenes between people has this uncanny valley element to it that it, nothing seems real. It doesn't seem like a film has been shot like this before or made like this before. It's so weird. It's probably the weirdest mainstream Hollywood film I've seen in years. I guess you could say that Everything Everywhere All at Once, the year's best film, might be the maddest invention-wise um, but as a failure, 
Um, this one is just the most bizarre from a from a very esteemed director. It's a bizarre film. Like it, it you're just watching it going. There's something not right about everything. But I came to be in tune with that, and I actually came to be compelled by the story. It's a really good story. Um, and they introduce Robert De Niro, who plays it straight as a die here, as the general who was friends with the one that died, who this cabal of spectre-like Bond villains wants to be their figurehead. And he's another good guy. And he is a guy who has a speech at the end alongside his real self. This guy actually testified on television back in the... <coughs> I don't know when that happened, whether that was the testifying bit was before World War II. But say from 1939, he's on camera testifying that these very important rich people wanted to take over America. None of them paid anything for it. They all just disappeared into the ether. The cast is jaw-dropping, absolutely jaw-dropping. So um, I thought I haven't been sold on John David Washington as an actor yet. I wasn't in Tenet. I, I think every time I see him, he's a bit too bland. Um, I thought that in uh, Black Klansman, Adam Driver, I thought, ran rings around him as an actor. Uh, Tenet wasn't great anyway, so um, that was my worst film of the year, a couple of years ago. Um, I haven't been, I haven't understood why he's been a lead actor, because virtually everyone else is great. Margot Robbie here, and... Anya Taylor-Joy, is she hitting her stride or what? She's everywhere at the moment. Um, they're the two in the film that I could really imagine if it was a 1940s screwball comedy, you know, not a crap one, the one with the like Philadelphia story level of people in it. They both would slot in perfectly. They're both wonderful. In fact, even though Margot Robbie is absolutely fantastic, I think Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays a much bitchier character as well is even better they're both superb um chris rock is perfectly good matthias Schonartz, i have said that wrong keeps showing up in films he is brilliant i saw him in uh blood ties um which i rewatched recently <laughs> not not saying you should um and also in uh the drop i think he was at playing a, like a scary guy he's so scary like he's like he's an abusive toxically abusive male in both those films and he really does make you feel it but here he's actually a, a a really good cop very interesting guy mike myers as well turns up <coughs> and i didn't even know who uh, timothy oliphant was zoe saldana was actually in that other film i mentioned she keeps turning up rami malik turns up again He's so weird, the way they frame his face. He's always permanently... It's like a bit of an LSD trip. Actually, it's like a lot of an LSD trip. He's permanently in the screen, and his eyes are like this, and he's like making these pronouncements. Um, so there's some amazing people in here, and most of them are very good. I definitely want to highlight Margot Robbie and Anya Taylor-Joy, though. Um, I thought they were fantastic. And Christian Bale is just always a great actor. He doesn't feel like he's... Uh, no, I'd say he has. He creates the most full-blooded, wide-ranging character. He's a really interesting, good guy. Um, 
So, I, I, I mean, the cinematography here has been nominated for eight Oscars, winning three in a row. Emmanuel Lubezki. Lubezki. How could you say such a short word so wrong? So he won for Birdman, Gravity, and The Revenant in a row. First person ever to do so. Um, so he's got, you know, he's got absolutely top-notch standing. It's fast-paced. I found the story compelling. I found its otherworldly ambience to be completely baffling at first. And I'm not saying that it hasn't fallen over in many areas to get there. But I found it fascinating. I found the whole world fascinating. A lot of people have said that, you know, it's dry, it's stayed, it's um, surface level. But I wasn't really getting that. I would have thought this is one of the kookiest mainstream films I've ever seen. I'm not surprised it bombed. This is like an art house project. And I kind of loved it. So if you, if you did get any enjoyment out of Sears film music, uh, this might be more in your ballpark. And I think that it is a future cult film and that it hasn't got the respect that it deserves, understandably, because it is so bafflingly odd. Um, but I don't think it's been appreciated for a number of really good elements either. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 for Amsterdam in my last new movie of the year.